Hello and welcome to episode 589 of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. We're talking about Monster Kid Radio. I am your writer, host, and producer, Derek M. Cook, bringing you another episode and we're kicking things off with a song by the band The 1911s. This EP just came out a couple of days ago and there are two songs on it. The song we're listening to right now is called Dr. Defecto. Go check it out over at the1911s.bandcamp.com. Let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. The 1911s is a one-man show based out of New York. Go show them some Monster Kid love. When you're done listening to this episode, of course, because this week we have a new voice we're throwing into the mix, but not necessarily a new person to the Monster Kid Radio thing that we do online. You might know her as Kaiju Queen. She's a regular attendee and participant in the Monster Kid Movie Club and the Monster Kid Astronomy Club, which is what we call our Twitch channel over at twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio. You do join us over there, right? On Saturday, nothing but movies. On Tuesday, nothing but movies. Okay, actually, nothing but movies all the time because I just leave the movies playing on a loop until the new stuff comes out either on Saturday or Sunday. And Kaiju Queen is almost always there chatting it up having a good time with the rest of us while we're watching monster movies. And well, I wanted to get to know Kaiju Queen a little bit more. So she's the guest this week on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about her Monster Kid origins, and she's going to tell us about some of the stuff, some of the really cool Monster Kid stuff that she's done lately in her part of the world. So that's coming up here, as well as a little bit of a recording. She's got a few minutes from a recent event. We're going to play that too. Of course, it wouldn't be an episode of Monster Kid Radio without the amazing segments that we have sent in by our amazing segment producers. We've got Mark Matsky's Beta Capsule Review and Kenny's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. In fact, I'm going to break format a little bit. We usually kick things off with the Beta Capsule Review and then we go to the Famous Monsters of Filmland segment and then the main recording. Well, this time around, because of something that came up during the conversation with Kaiju Queen, I want to sit on the Famous Monsters segment until after that conversation. So, no, we didn't skip the Famous Monsters segment. If you don't hear it beforehand, it's just I place it afterwards. You'll, you'll see why. I didn't want to you know, take a little bit of the shine away from the conversation I have with Kaju Queen regarding Famous Monsters of Filmland. I mean, you can probably guess that, you know what? I don't want to say anything else. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to get you thinking too much about it. Just sit back and enjoy this episode the conversations that I had with Kaiju Queen uh, and everybody else. I'm just rambling now. Let's get on with the rest of the show. At the edge of the universe, 400 men and women are probing the immeasurable blackness of space. Their leaders are an Earthman with no fear and a stranger with no heart. Travel beyond our time and solar system into new galaxies, into worlds beyond your dreams. Star Trek, every week, in color, on the NBC television network. I am Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a serialized monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror films. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and the original chill role-playing game. 
My goal is to recreate the thrills of the monster versus monster films that we all love. We'll have vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, and scheming madmen. And that's just in the first storyline. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors and other monster stories sent directly to your email for as little as a dollar a month. For just two dollars, you'll get all the chapters in advance, plus bonus stories and other perks. Sign up now at CushingHorrors.com or visit SDSullivan.com for a Patreon link. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again and remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Live from the Land of Light in Nebula M78, home of the mighty Ultra Heroes, it's Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review. While on patrol, Dan Moraboshi hears a strange sound in the vicinity of a nighttime construction site. When he and Soga investigate, they're fired upon by a van that disappears before their eyes, plunging them into the mystery of The Vanishing City, the 34th episode of Ultra 7. After Dan and Soga dematerialize, an entire city block evaporates as well, and Amagi, along with Captain Kiriyama, observes a frothy substance bubbling up from the ground where the buildings once stood. Meanwhile, Anne and Furuhashi are summoned by Staff Officer Takenika to a meeting with Yuma Hanamura, a spiritualist who claims to have information regarding the vanishings. Serving as a mouthpiece for an alien race, she claims that the buildings are being used as a residence by the galactic beings, and indicates that Soga and Dan are safe, but may be harmed if the TDF moves to interfere. Unintimidated, the Ultra Guard begins a search for their lost comrades. Furuhashi and Anne finally locate the buildings, which are populated with humans existing in a state of suspended animation. This includes Dan, who, under alien mind control, transforms into Ultra 7 and goes on a rampage, even tossing the eye slugger in the direction of the Ultra Guard. What hope is there for humanity if Ultra 7 is now their foe? There's a lot going on in The Vanishing City, and it makes for a brisk and intriguing episode, but there are some valid questions one could have, such as, why is Staff Officer Takenika so quick to take a meeting with a medium? Where does Yuma Hanamura get her lava lamps? Who is the human-looking alien causing all this commotion, and how does he have the TDF base's phone number? How does Dan transform in this setting without anyone seeing it happen? Ultimately, none of these concerns are addressed and are easily forgotten in the wake of Ultra 7's brief heel turn. On one hand, it's good to see Seven fight a monster again. On the other, said monster looks sillier than most and is no match for our hero. After what seemed like an ever-escalating series of kaiju opponents, Seven dominates this battle from beginning to end. Embedded in the story are some expressions of ambivalence about continual construction and development of urban spaces, a sentiment that only seems more relevant 55 years on. For Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review, this is Mark Matsky reporting. Okay, two things. One, 
I want a Monster Kid Radio lava lamp. I don't know how we make that happen. I don't know what manufacturer we need to talk to or what it would look like or the color, probably green, the color the lava would be. But a Monster Kid Radio lava lamp would be awesome. And two, if you hear this in time, head on down to the Mothman Festival. It's happening Friday, September 16th. You're going to see screenings of the Mothman Legacy and the premiere of Bloodlines, the Jersey Devil Curse from Small Town Monsters, which is an organization that Mark is part of. Head on down there. And if I remember reading correctly, I think Mark is emceeing the event. If not, he's certainly going to be there. Go show him some uh, Monster Kid attention and check out some awesome cryptid cinema. Mark, thanks again for all of your contributions to the show. Knocking it out of the park, man. Our planet may be doomed, our Earth devastated, the monsters are in revolt, and civilization is in chaos. Godzilla is laying waste to New York, Rodan is attacking Moscow, Manda is smashing London, and Peking trembles under the wrath of Mothra. Our battle cry must be, destroy all monsters. Monster, monster. Who can say which country or city will be next? We must unite and destroy all monsters. Is there a way to defend against Godzilla, Rodan, Manda, and Mothra? The answer is no. Let our battle cry be, destroy all monsters. Be prepared. See for yourself in color from American International. Destroy all monsters. Monster, 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 monster. This picture is rated G for general audiences. Destroy all monsters. Monster, 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 Nightmare terror from the tomb. An ancient curse comes to life to strangle the living and raise the dead. Here is the horror and the terror of a story that began in ancient Egypt. Take Kato Bay! Take it! When Kato Bay, a son of Pharaoh, died in the desert and was covered in the shroud that bore the sacred power of life and death. What was he saying? He says that death awaits all who disturb the resting place of Kato Bay. Warning to every creature of flesh and blood. Beware the beat of the cloth-wrapped feet. Beware the curse of the mummy's shroud. This is the leader of the British expedition who came in search of the tomb. <laughs> the rich and ruthless financier who believes money can bribe even the devil himself. This is the son who knows there is no escape. Someone or something is trying to destroy us. I believe it'll find us wherever we go. The wife and mother trapped by the mummy's shroud. Ah, I, I see death. This is Haiti, the crystal gazer, who sees into the past and the terrifying future. This is the girl who's doomed, cursed by the mummy's shroud. You mean I'm going to die? <laughs> In a few minutes, 
from Kill her! Kill her! Dead a thousand years, now he lives and breathes to avenge an ancient curse. To strangle the living. Praise the dead. And prey upon human flesh. Listeners, I love bringing new people into the show, new voices into the show. Although, if you're there at the Monster Kid Movie Club on Saturdays and Tuesdays, you may see this person in the chat. She goes by Kaiju Queen over there. Today, she's Pamela, and she's a Monster Kid. She's a fan, and she's on the show this week. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Derek, and thank you for letting me hop on this show. I really love the MKR. You know, you've been listening for a while. It sounds like we were chatting earlier and you've been in the chat quite a bit. So I know you love this stuff. How far back does your love for these movies go? All the way back to when, how old was I? I can remember the very first time and I was in elementary school. I, I'm from East Tennessee okay. and I had a very good friend and I went to her house and we were running around doing little girl playing stuff. And we stopped by in one of the bedrooms and the door was open and inside was her brother. And, oh, this is my brother, Timmy. And uh, he was sitting in there and he had a famous Monsters of Filmland magazine. Uh-oh. And I remember that issue, issue number 67. Okay. So if you go find that issue, I believe it came out in either 1970 or 71. Issue number 67. Number okay, Kenny, 67. are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> so I was, picked it up and flipped through it real quick, and I was hooked right there. So we went on playing, uh, and then I told my friend, I said, hey, why don't you talk your brother into giving me his magazine? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so she goes, okay, let me see what I can do. And sure enough, she came back and goes, here you go. Oh, so I don't wow. know if he surrendered it or if she just walked in and took it. <laughs> so that was my very first exposure, I would say, in, in my memory of monsters. And then after that, it was TV and anything monsters that came on. I, I loved it. I don't know yeah. if that was on it, but you got to remember that was back in the antenna days, so it was hard to uh, catch some of those movies. I remember watching Creature from the Black Lagoon. I know one nice. of your favorites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on a black and white, snowy TV, you could barely see the image, but I sat there and watched the entire movie and loved it. Oh, wow. I, I, want, I always wonder, you know, we are lucky now in that we have these amazing transfers and prints and restorations and I can see it on digital if I want or whatever. But sometimes, you know, I kind of crave that seeing it on an old beat up film print or watching it on television with a little bit of static creeping in. And, you know, if the wind hits just right, you know, I lose picture for a second. I almost wonder if that would kind of enhance the experience for me because I didn't grow up with a lot of that. So I miss out on that a little bit. Yeah, and there was no other girl 
not even in elementary, junior high, high school. There was no other girl that I ever met the entire time that was even cared about monsters or science fiction, mm. and very rarely even some of the guys. So I was, I, I was like a lot of the monster kids. I felt like the lone wolf, but I still carried on and uh, retained my uh, love of monsters. I uh, found a junior high school yearbook the other day, and there's a signature in there. It says, uh, good luck. Pam, I'd never seen so many monster magazines in my life. And this was in junior high. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think in high school, I discovered things like Fangoria magazine and Starlog and things like that. So I was known as the kid that brought that kind of stuff to school. But yeah, growing up, I didn't really have exposure to the classic monsters so yeah you know i get to live vicariously through everybody else's childhood when i when i hear about that kind of thing or those stories that's amazing when i turned 18 i went into the navy and that kind of threw me off uh with my uh, you know because you can't carry a bunch of magazines and books and and masks and things onto a, a ship because you've only got the space of a they call them coffin racks so it's just a, a well, no, that's, that's yeah, thematically appropriate rack. still. Yeah. <laughs> just enough space to uh, lay on top and stow your gear, your uniforms underneath, and that's all you had. Mm -hmm. So uh, after I got out of the military, uh, stayed here in uh, Northern California, and eventually said, hey, I got to start looking at my monsters again. So I started building my collection, and it's out of control, just like everybody else's. It's just out of control. I, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> you may. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep eyeballing the uh, monster, the Piardus Blancus back there. Oh, Hopefully yeah, I that, that mask. That, I know that's your, that's your favorite. It's it's one of one of my favorite pieces. Yeah. Um, give, gifted to me by a dear friend, pulled from the original mold, mm. then painted by my friend. Yeah. But yeah, it's... I wouldn't give that up. I know. No, don't no, get that. Not up. at all. Okay. Not at all. Never. No, that's that. That piece is too important. I'll get rid of the books and the magazines that I haven't read forever. But you know, pieces like that. You know, those those I have to keep. Yeah, it's personal. Now you're out in the West Coast. Now we're in the same time zone. Mm -hmm. So where you're at, there's we were just talking a lot of stuff happening, especially this time of year for monster stuff, which. Seems weird to me. I'd think they'd want to front load all that stuff or, or load all that stuff into October. But I guess summertime screams. I don't know how you put that mm -hmm. together. But that, like, what are some of the more recent events that have happened out that, your way? Well, uh, August hit me like like a ton of bricks. And I realized we've got conventions and uh, film festivals. One of the one of the main ones that I was really looking forward to and really enjoyed attending was the uh, Creatures Con. Uh, that happened August 7th over in Concord. Mm -hmm. uh, Concord is just maybe 20 miles from uh, San Leandro. And just so you know, we're, we're maybe, I'm maybe about 30 miles outside of San Francisco. So this is put on by Lord Bloodraw, who is one of our horror hosts down here, and he's been on your show. Mm -hmm. And he's a great friend I, of the show. Yep. Yeah. And I did say uh, hello to him uh, on behalf of MKR and myself. Uh -huh. And he Thank said you. he's going to reach out to you as soon as it's been possible. A while since I've had him on. Yeah, yeah. I need to get him back on the show. Yeah. And he wants to get back on. But uh, this was put on uh, by Lord Blood Raw. And this was a, the con itself was a one day on a Sunday. But prior to that, over in Orinda, 
uh, Orinda's mm-hmm. right between Concord and San Leandro. At the Orinda Theater, they had a 90th anniversary showing of the classic The Mummy. Wow. Uh, yes. So on the big screen, it was digitized and cleaned up so you could see almost everything, every detail, and it was really a great showing. Uh, one of his, his guests was uh, David Skull. And we all know David Skull because he's written several books mm-hmm. uh, on film. And he's also um, tied into our Turner Classic Movies, TCM. Yeah, uh, he does a lot of work with them. And he just put out a book uh, last year on uh, classic horror films. Fright Favorites, 31 Movies to Haunt Your Halloween and Beyond. Yeah, we actually had him on the show to talk about it back then. And uh, he's a great guy to talk to. I've always wanted to talk to him because he's been in in my physical media collection for years because he does all the documentaries on, you know, the universal stuff. And he's one of the talking heads they always go to when it comes to talking about this kind of stuff because he knows his stuff. Oh, yeah. And he knows how to present it and make it feel approachable and relatable. And I love chatting with him. Yeah, he uh, the is book's a film Highly historian. recommended, by the way. Oh, he really, yeah, and he knows his stuff. Yeah. You mentioned before I hit record that uh, he mentioned David Manners. I know that he talks about David Manners a lot. And... I think that's great because David Manners is, is one of these guys that I think gets talked to a lot or talked about a lot as, hey, wasn't that that guy with the Bela Lugosi movies? You know, he, he doesn't get his own spotlight or his own shine. And I feel like David Skull really kind of makes it a point to talk about and, and celebrate people like David Manners or some of the other people that appeared in these movies, not because they were with Lugosi, but because of who they are and who they were. And I think that's kind of special and important. Yeah, he had a great conversation about him because he had met him personally and had numerous conversations with him on a friend on a friend to friend basis uh, later mm-hmm. on in in his life um, so he was able to glean some personal information from him that you probably wouldn't see in any books or uh, so it's very interesting uh, after after the mummy showing that they had the FAQ with Lord Bloodraw on the stage and uh, D- David Skull. Creatures Con, we've had Lord Bloodraw on the show in the past. Uh, I think we've even promoted Creature, you know, Creatures Con with him before. <laughs> Creatures Con uh, being there in California in that part of the country, very important part of the country when it comes to horror hosts and you know uh, creature features based out of that area that Lord Bloodraw and a few others carry on that tradition so it's really cool to know that we've got this convention out there now you went and you saw i mean you saw the mummy yes we're trying to figure out how to get a recording off your phone so that we can play it on the show my lords and ladies in 1931 bela lugosi's dracula kicked off the entire universal monster cycle later that year boris karloff made his mark with Frankenstein. A year later, in 1932, Boris Karloff made the film that would cement him forever in the pantheon of horror icons. It's the film we're here to celebrate the 90th anniversary of, 1932's The Mummy. I am Lord Bloodraw, host of Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Racket Theater, and I'm honored to bring this screening to you today. As I'm sure all of you know and have heard, Sarah Karloff was supposed to join us today, but could not for health reasons. And I know that we all uh, send our best wishes for her for a very speedy recovery. 
She is such a very sweet lady, and she uh, sends her love to all the fans of her father's work. We do have special guests today, a horror author and expert beyond compare. This man knows more about the universal horror cycle and horror in general than any other person I could name. Well, those ladies, please welcome to the stage, Mr. David J. Skull. Is this on? It is. It is on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm hardly a replacement for Sarah Karloff, who's a dear friend. I've known her for uh, 25 years, and uh, I wish her a speedy recovery as well. She's a very strong person. I mean, she stood up to Universal Pictures and <laughs> reclaimed the rights to uh, you know her father. And uh, uh, but I've got some anecdotes about her later, and I uh, I have some anecdotes about people involved with this film. David Menners uh, was a, became a good friend at the end of his life, and uh, I know a few things about Carol Freund and Zita Johan and um, others, and uh, some of it's pretty fishy, yeah. I'll be happy to, to answer any questions and share as much as I know. Uh, we have any children in the audience. This might get very dishy. We don't know how dishy it gets. It could, yeah. Okay, well, the language. How many kids do we have? Well, I'll, I'll get around that sometime. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is it's amazing. In eight years, eight and a half years, it's going to be the 100th anniversary of the Universal Monsters. Wow. And I will try, I'll try to tough it out. I hope to. I, I'm sure... Uh, You're contractually Rinda. obligated to. <laughs> I'm sure the Orinda Theater will be doing something whether I... Oh, you know it. Or not. You know it. Uh, but that should be something uh, to look at. These things, these movies have such staying power. You know, nothing, nothing compares to them in terms of collectibles. The posters from the uh, Universal Horror Pictures of the 1930s are the most valuable pieces of memorabilia in all of uh, movie history. Nothing, uh, Casablanca, The Wizard of Oz, nothing comes close to, to these. People are just obsessed and they love them. Oh, and, yeah. and here we are, uh, 90 years yes. after this film, and people still love it, and people still love Boris Karloff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, welcome. And uh, we'll uh, be back after the show and uh, happy to talk to you in the lobby afterwards until they kick us out. Right. Because they're, they're showing these modern movies, which aren't too interesting, but <laughs> they, they, keep, they keep the place open. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, yes, enjoy. Um, well, I think along the lines of what you were saying, I think that uh, Martin Landau, as Bela Lugosi and Ed Wood said it the best, there was a poetry to these films. They were mythic, as opposed to giant bugs and giant spiders, and that's absolutely true. There was an entire mythos that was created with the, the atmosphere, the look, the general design of these films that still is unmatched today. That's why we are still talking about these films 90 and soon to be 100 years later. Yeah. It, uh, anyway, you all uh, perceive something of the magic or you wouldn't be here. And uh, let's, uh, let's watch The Mummy. You got it. Talk about it after. Lords and ladies, from 1932, starring 
the amazing Mr. Boris Karloff, directed by Carl Freund. Here is The Mummy. But that's not all that was there. What, what else was at Creatures Con? Well, uh, after we wrapped up at the at the Arenda on Sunday uh, was the actual Creatures Con itself uh, out in okay. Concord. And we had Sarah Karloff was scheduled to be there. Oh, she, oh, she was oh. scheduled to be there. Oh, no. However, when um, uh, I got there, I did talk to Lord Bloodraw, and she unfortunately had to cancel due to oh. some health issues. So instead of Sarah Karloff doing a panel, uh, Lord Bloodraw and David Skull, who was there also, uh, hopped in and did a panel uh, during, uh, halfway through the uh, the con that day just to fill in. Because she was supposed to come on stage at noon, but you know obviously she couldn't make it. She was supposed to be at the Mummy also, uh, but that didn't happen either. So, mm. so best wishes to her. I understand everything's uh, okay right now. Uh, Good. Yeah, but we know that uh, all of, everyone is kind of getting up there, and we just want to wish them all the, the best of health. That's the uh, the downside, I think, to yeah. these movies that we love so much is that those connections are kind of going away. And uh, yeah. yeah, I hope she's okay. Yeah. Um, John Stanley, uh, speaking of Creatures Con, he was there. Uh, John Stanley, nice. yeah. If uh, your listeners don't know, John Stanley was the second host of the original Bay Area uh, Creature Features. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not grow up in the Bay Area, but when I did come out here and uh, set up camp, uh, I started to learn about uh, Creature Features. John Stanley, Bob Wilkins, who was the original host... And there's quite a cult following of those two gentlemen, and it goes still goes on today. Uh, so, so I was lucky to meet John Stanley again. This is probably the fourth time I've met him. Uh, and he's uh, he's got quite a library of books that he's put out. And so if you can if you go on a search for John Stanley, he also has his own website. You can see all the books he has available, and they're really uh, fun books. Uh, he writes like he like he used to host the creature feature. So it's, it's really fun stuff. Uh, John Stanley actually is uh, somebody who is um, responsible for my love of classic monsters because I stumbled across his book, the monster movie game at a library many, many moons ago when I was a child. And uh, it is not necessarily the most factually accurate, but it's basically a trivia book about monster movies. Mm -hmm. And, I've got it around here somewhere in my cluttered, cluttered office mm-hmm. that drives you nuts every time you see it. Uh, because well, it's such a oh, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, everything has to be organized. That's Blame the Navy on there. that. Blame the Navy making, on that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, he, he wrote that book, and uh, that is uh, something that I go back to and one of my treasured items because it it really introduced me to a lot of things uh, that I wouldn't have had access to where I grew up. Um, I believe it's through that that I learned about Peter Cushing, who was referred to as uh, this young actor who appeared in these movies. And I was like, dude, Peter Cushing, was he ever young? I don't know. But uh, he, Yeah, he was an old soul even when he was young, Peter Cushing. Right, so. right. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, Tom Wersch, and he is a film, I, I believe you know him. Uh, he does uh, he does a, do- a lot of documentaries, but the documentaries are are 
pretty much based on uh, local Bay Area locations. But he just put together a Creature Features uh, tribute DVD. So all of, every, everything he has goes out to DVD. It's not released in the theaters. Okay. Uh, so it, And uh, they premiered that at the convention uh, with John Stanley oh, cool. there. And there was it was uh, old clips and footage from the Bob Wilkins days. And nice. uh, obviously Bob Wilkins, since uh, he passed uh, several years ago, uh, from complications of Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. but uh, you know he's he's all with us in spirit, and John speaks about him highly because he worked with him before he even got on the Creature Feature show. I think you probably know that. Yeah, just there was so many guests and and so much to do, and uh, Beverly Washburn was there. I know she. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she made her appearance at the previous at the Monster Bash in the summer. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. know you had her interview and everything. Uh, so, the, I didn't record that. It was it was kind of hard to do that from standing at the door watching wristbands anyway. <laughs> but she was, yeah. She, uh, I just got to speak to her in passing, and she's a really great lady. As she walked by, and I recognized her, and I said, uh, "How are you doing, Miss Washburn?" She said, "Oh, that's Beverly, please." Oh, sweet. I said, "Well, thank you very much, Beverly." How cool is that? Yeah. And oh. uh, vendors were out of control. Uh, you would not want to be there, Derek. It, w- <laughs> it was. I'm trying to slim things down. I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and it would just build it back up again. Oh, so I got to ask, what did you walk away with? Oh, goodness. Well, I don't know if you've seen them. You've probably seen them doing a web search, but uh, the wind up 10 toys of the classic universal monsters they're they come in the cardboard box yeah yeah, yeah. they're licensed by universal and uh, they have the wolfman frankenstein dracula and the creature uh i walked away with a creature and See, I, would, I knew i liked you yeah <laughs> well i had to bundle a deal to get the price knocked down a little bit uh but it was uh it i got a pretty good deal on it yeah and i I, I'm a classic Star Trek fan also, original series, sorry, anybody, next gen, uh, anything going on with Star Trek right now, but I try to focus on the original series because there's no way I can multitask with everything else. And uh, there's they had some great uh, Star Trek books on the original series, some uh, old uh, poster books and magazines and at this one booth, and they were like a dollar a dollar a piece and oh, the more you bought dangerous. yeah the more you bought uh, they'd bundle it up and knock the price down yeah that would have been I, dangerous i did control myself <laughs> I, I had to control myself though i did uh, but i i walked away with a few nice things nice yeah yeah that's i miss conventions i don't miss what they would do to my wallet yes <laughs> i'm not in a position to <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah so um that's awesome. I'm I'm glad for you, man. Yeah, I'm just lucky I got a little bit of extra money in my pocket uh, to buy some things that make me happy, and I think that's what a lot of monster kids are. You don't have to have a lot of money, and you don't have to buy big, expensive things. Maybe just one magazine that you used to have as a kid, and you see it, and there it's three bucks. You buy it, but you know that three dollars was totally worth it 
Yeah, and so I have to ask, mm-hmm. do you own a copy of that famous Monsters that started your journey here? Yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, nice. at this last, I was at a toy show uh, the previous weekend, and there was one booth that had nothing but classic monster items. And within that, he had nice and neatly organized a box of famous monsters. I needed two more issues to complete the entire collection. Oh, wow. I thumbed through them real quick, and boom, there's one. Another one, boom, there's the second one. That was it. So I was able to get those at a very decent price, and we just, and I started finding other stuff and bundled it up. And probably saved over probably about a hundred bucks just by bundling things with this guy. And and he was a he was a monster kid, so he could see the excitement and just how fun it was to talk to him and and how him and I were able to talk and and just and he knew that I just loved this stuff. So he did it not to make money, but to give it to another monster kid at a decent price. Right on. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do with my own stuff. So just mm-hmm. get it, let, let other people enjoy it, you know, and pass it on. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Not helping me, me not I helping know, me I, not I, miss I, conventions, I, I tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also had the uh, an original LP of the Boris Karloff and Friends record. Oh, very cool. Yeah, 20 bucks, but he knocked it knock that down too and and so i was able to get that just just he just had some really fun stuff and and i'd never seen this guy at one of those shows before and it just happened to be there he was yeah wow how cool is that oh man mm-hmm. so you did creatures con there's other stuff happening in the area seems like a lot <laughs> Yeah, the uh, next, the following weekend after the Creatures Con, uh, while I was at Creatures Con, there was a booth set up for the Godzilla Festival, which was happening okay. over at the Balboa Theater in San Francisco the next weekend after the Creatures Con. I'd been to it before, but I had totally forgotten about it. So there it is. They say, buy your pass right here and you get a discount. I go, all right, there's, I've got my pass. <laughs> so you went. I, I went to that, yeah, and it is a two day event. And they are constantly screening in two separate theaters of uh, Godzilla. Uh, one one theater focuses on uh, the Showa era, uh, some of the earlier Godzilla. Oh, how cool and, is that? Yeah. Oh, it's great. And then the second theater will show some of the newer uh, Hesse. And I, I'm not that, even though my moniker is Kaiju Queen, mm-hmm. uh, don't take me up on that offer because Godzilla is a niche in my collection and there's people that can run circles on uh, Godzilla knowledge out there on me. No oh, problem. You and me both. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. I, I love my Godzilla stuff. I love my, you know, and, and, but man, there's a lot out there that I just. <sighs> oh, it's, it's the prices on the Godzilla toys and collectibles, the new, I don't understand it at all. And and they had vendors there. And there's one person that I see, and he's strictly Godzilla. Uh, he's, he has the, there was a $3,000 Godzilla figure. $3,000. Wow. And I'm pretty blunt sometimes, but I, I, but in a polite way. And I'm like, why, why, <laughs> why? That's all I'm asking. Why? That's a that's a lot. 
Um, but I have noticed that in that even some of the stuff that I've been selling or out back when I was buying stuff willy-nilly, there's a lot of Godzilla stuff. And I don't know if it's because a lot of it has to be imported or what, but man, you want to spend money collecting. That's that's going to yeah. ring up your, uh, your inventory quite a bit. Yeah, buy the Godzilla $3,000 action figure. Right. Yeah. I'll pass. <laughs> you know, but I enjoyed the films. Um, I I only got to see a few films because it is quite a drive. I call it a process driving into the city because the Balboa <laughs> Theater is out in the avenues and the transportation, public transportation is uh, basically by bus. Once you get across the, uh, once you get across the bay, which is by BART, uh, which is our underground, uh, you could call it a subway if you like, then you have to get a bus transfer, and there is no direct way to get out to the avenue. So it could take you about two and a half hours to get out it get out there. Oh wow! Uh, so I usually drive when there's a uh, when there's something out in the avenues, and it, it's still a process with the traffic, and so you can't you can't get over there too you can't stay over there too late, or you'll be sitting in three hour traffic coming coming back i did get to catch uh, some of the movie they had destroy all monsters so i sat through that uh, i that was one of the full movies i got to sit through and uh, i really enjoyed that film watching it up on the big screen because that's the first time i'd seen it on the big screen wow yeah i had plans to go to g fest this year but i canceled them out early earlier in the year uh one day i'll get there haven't been yet. Same. Same. Someday I'll get out there. Yeah. Someday. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I I hear the stories from like Mark Matsky or you know when Kyle was doing the Kaiju cast and that sort of thing. Just it sounds amazing. Someday. One day we'll make it there. There's like a a, a Muppet movie song in there somewhere. So make it someday or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I can almost hear that in my head. I, I just can't get the words to it, but I can hear the tune. <laughs> oh, man. So we dove right into this, got a little bit of your history, but, you know, we didn't play around with the Classic Five. You feel like playing a, around the Classic Five before we wrap up? I was hoping that would pop up. The Classic Five. Listeners, for those who don't know, and if you're listening to the show at this point, you probably already know the classic five is a game that we play here on monster kid radio it's a deck of cards a literal deck of cards each one of these cards has a this or that which movie do you prefer style question on them there are no wrong answers it's just a way to get monster kids talking about their favorite topic which happens to be monster movies you ready to play around in the classic five yes all right here we go card number one right here off the top what is your favorite classic 3d monster movie everybody knows what mine is we're in the same boat, I guess, and that would be the Rita, the creature from the Black Lagoon. No. No. Sheer stark terror grips you in underwater 3D in Creature from the Black Lagoon. The most terrifying monster of the ages rises from the sea, raging with pent-up passions. Making every man his mortal enemy, every woman's beauty his prey. Creature from the Black Lagoon. In 3D, starring Richard Carlson and Julie Adams. Every horrifying scene leaps out of the screen right at you. A universal re-release rated G. My um, my girlfriend's father owns a boat. And there's been some talk about me going out on the boat at some point with them. I, I don't fish or anything like that, but just I kind of go out. And I, I haven't broached the subject with them that, but when they 
take me out there. I'm going to ask if we can just, just for the day, change the name of the boat to the Rita. Just, just, just for the day. You know what? Take your paintbrush <laughs> because I'm sure they're going to say yes. And just <laughs> paint it on the starboard hull. And I'm sure it'll wash off when you get back. Yeah, back I'll in. just tell them that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. All right, yeah. number two. What classic monster movie would you like to see as an animated remake? Animated remake. That is a tough one. I think Bride of Frankenstein would Ooh, be really good. That could be a lot of fun. It could. I think that would be a great animated Especially remake. Pretorius as an animated figure would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's that's what popped in my head, so I'm going to go with that. Man, if I know any illustrators that can do like a neat animated kind of cartoon style, I want a portrait of Pretorius now. That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right, well, I'm on board with that. I'll watch that. All right, card number three. What classic monster movie that never had one should have had a sequel? I think I've heard this one before, and... Uh... I had it. I had it in my head when I heard the question. I let me think. Everything's been done. Mummy, Frankenstein. Never did a Dracula. Like an actual proper Dracula like sequel the, from the Bela Lugosi era. Yeah, like the proper. Well, you're not wrong. Dracula. I mean, I know they did. Dracula kind of sort of, at least his body kind of sort of appears in Dracula's Daughter, but that's not really a sequel. Right. So, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. My, my brain was going Should... vampires and Dra- Legosi anyway, because I would have liked to have seen another in the story of like the return of the vampire vein, because I liked yes. that one too. Yeah, that that is a good one. I, I do remember it, but it's just not. Yeah. I think. I think they should have done the Dracula again. That would have been cool. That would have been very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, card number four. Ho, ho, ho. Favorite Boris Karloff role. Oh, that was oh, brutal. No. I've heard this one before, too, uh-huh. and my brain was spinning just like it is right oh, now. That was brutal. It is. I know a lot of people say the black cat, mm-hmm. but I haven't... Hmm. I'm just going to, I would like to go with, this is an odd one, uh, Son of Frankenstein. Twenty years ago, in the barony of Frankenstein, a monster created by man stalked through the country, being and killing. In time, Frankenstein, maker of the monster, died. The monster disappeared. Now, after 20 years, the son of Frankenstein returns. And fear grips the village anew. A man tainted by the blood of his father can forget his human soul and carry on the diabolical work of the Frankenstein. As a man, I should destroy him. But as a scientist, I should do everything in my power to bring him back to conscious life. Benson, turn on the generator. Produced on a vast scale, Universal Son of Frankenstein presents the most fearsome cast in the history of the screen. Basil Rathbone. In his heart, warm human emotions. In his mind, the monster mania. It's alive. Alive, you mean? Yes, alive, but alive. I thought you said our experiments I know, were... I know. I do thought that we failed, but we haven't. I've actually seen it walk. Karloff, 
rising from the past to spread new terror. Lugosi, sinister, mysterious, evil. You see that? They hanged me once. Lionel Atwill, grim hatred in his blood. One doesn't easily forget, Herr Baron. An arm torn out of the roots. Josephine Hutchinson, her young beauty a magnet to the menace around her. I hate it here, Wolf. I'm terribly afraid all the time. By heaven, I think you're a worse fiend than your father. Where is this monster? Where is he? I'll stay by your side until you confess. And if you don't, I'll feed you to the villagers. The third and last time he played the monster. So yeah, he actually yeah. was speaking a little bit in there. I know he spoke a little bit in Bride, but it wasn't right. much. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I don't think that one comes up very often. As often as it should. I like his little fur. I like his little furry. Yeah, vest. that that he's got a great costume in that. Yeah. You know, and he and Igor together are pretty awesome. So. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to do this because of your moniker. Even though kaiju might just be part of it, I'm going to go with a kaiju question from the kaiju deck. Final card. Your favorite non-toho kaiju creature. Non-toho. We're going to have to do. Gamera. Yeah. Yeah. Gamera's We're going to have awesome. to do Gamera. And that was another movie that I watched at the festival that I'd nice. never seen from beginning to end. The oh. original Gamera. Oh. So they showed that. And so I'm, I'm going absolutely with Gamera. When they showed it, was it the uh, English language or was it the Japanese language? It was the Japanese language. Nice. Yes. Okay. So, so not as much Brian Don Levy then. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's all good. Nah, I know. I know. I, uh, anyway, well, but uh, Gamera, I have more and more love and respect for Gamera the more I watch Gamera. Like I always liked Gamera when I started watching the Kaiju films finally, but as I go back and revisit them, I, I love them more and more. And I'm not sure if this episode, what we're doing right now will come up before or right after the episode that I did with uh, Brian, where we talk about Gamera versus Gauss. Uh, but that yeah. one, I think is probably my favorite of the uh, original Gamera series. There's just so much cool stuff happening in there. So yeah, Gamera right up there. I, I'd go with Gamera. I'd, if it were me, I'd, I'd cheat a little bit and say something from Ultraman just because I love Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red King is my guy, you know, my favorite Ultraman kaiju. So, nothing wrong with that. Uh, love me, love me we some all Ultraman. have our favorites. Love me some Ultraman. In fact, Even Manos Hands of Fate, right? I, you know, I'm a weirdo. I love that movie straight. I, I'll admit it. <laughs> well, like they said at the convention, I went to another convention, the uh, Silicon down in San Jose this past weekend, put on by Adam Savage, and uh, his announcement out to everyone there, because it was cosplay, Maker's Fair, it was just a mesh of everyone, and he just said, everybody just get your freak on. There you go. You so, know, I love you know that. Get, so, Derek, if Manos is getting your freak on, you just go for it. There we go. I love it. And yeah. I think that's a good 
note to end this on. Everybody get your freak on. Love what you're going to love. Uh, if you live anywhere in the area, go to these conventions and, and meet others and spend time with these with these monsters and with fellow monster kids and that sort of thing. And uh, if you're out in the Calif- California area, maybe you'll run into Kaiju Queen. Well, this, you know, possibly. There you go. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for all of your support uh, that you've given me personally and through the stream and everything else. It means a lot. Uh, I've talked about this before, and I'm going to say again uh, that one of the best things that's ever happened uh, as a result of my podcasting are all the friends that I've made around the world, and I include you in that. So thank you. Well, thank you, Derek, and and I really do appreciate it. And after being that one lone soul little girl loving monsters i now realize that i'm not alone (laughs) whether you want to be or not you're not alone (laughs) i'm not alone you're right sometimes i want to be but yeah well you know you know i i will be with my monster kids i I feel so comfortable when i'm at those shows uh, that uh, i'm just with my family it seems like yeah yeah, and I imagine it's like this at Creatures Con and some of these other places, but like Monster Bash, it's it's like a family reunion with people you've never met before. And it, it really is that vibe when you find the right group of people. And most of the time, Monster Kids are the right group of people. That's right. Hello there, Monster Kid Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. A week or so ago, Derek informed me he was going to present an interview with a monster kid who goes by the handle Kaiju Queen. He also told me she had a special FM she talked about. I immediately thought, with a name like Kaiju Queen, it has to be FM 114, the mega kaiju issue. But alas, it was not. It was actually issue 67 from July of 1970, which, after reviewing it, I call the issue most likely to be burned by worried parents. The cover gives fair warning of what is inside. A Vic Prezio scene with a hooded Lon Chaney ready to offer a burnt sacrifice, a scantily clad female victim. If that was not enough, there are these words. Special issue on witches and witchcraft. Let's take a look at what is inside. First up is the feature article entitled, Lock Your Doors with Warlocks. Witches and Demons Are Among Us by Lee Marks and Ron Fellow. It is a monstrous 15 pages long with 18 photos. Here's an intro to what it is about. Frankenstein's monster, Count Dracula, the Wolfman, the Mummy, King Kong, immortal monsters of fiction and fright films forever forged in the hearts and minds of film monster fans the world over. But what of the fans of the other children of the night, those slaves of Satan, known as witches and warlocks. Indeed, what of their masters, the foul-smelling devils and demons? Are they to be ignored, fated to be remembered only on Halloween, in the form of small children dressed in ugly masks and pointed hats? Bah! Bram Stoker let loose his vampire account in 1897. Mary Shelley's nightmare-inspired monster has haunted the world only since 1818. But the witches and warlocks, demons and devils, are as old as man himself. Come join us now as we explore the weird, weird world of diabolic beings. This article is by no means complete, but we've tried to cover as many of the more famous films dealing with witchcraft and deviltry as we could. So read on. We hope you'll have a devilish good time. 
and the devil take the hindmost. It goes on to give a brief history of occult movies from the early silence to the most recent Rosemary's Baby, mentioning over 75 films in the process. Along with the text are some shocking photos of goat-headed demons, hooded witches, diabolic ceremonies, Charles Gray and the Devil's Bride ready to stab a blonde sacrifice, and a witch burning at the stake. After that is an article entitled Dens of Demons, which is a look at the abodes of famous monsters. It is six pages long with eight photos, including scenes from Dracula, Frankenstein, and Phantom of the Opera. And if that wasn't devilish enough, the issue ends with a 16-page film book of 1934's The Black Cat, with its devil worshippers, necrophilia, and this horrific scene. Perdigast rose slowly to his feet, and as he stood over the two figures on the floor, he realized that his moment of revenge had come. First, he locked the door and threw down the key. Then he dragged Polzig out from under his servant and tied him to an embalming rack. The engineer awakened as Verdigast was ripping the shirt from his body. You know what I'm going to do to you now? No? Did you ever see an animal skin, Hjalmar? His ancient enemy pierced him with a gaze like a pinned butterfly. He gloated with grim satisfaction. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do to you now. Fair the skin from your body. Slowly, bit by bit. Joan, trapped in the room, watched through horrified eyes as Vertigas took his scalpel and began to strip the skin from Polzig's pale cheek. The gruesome spectacle was too much for her, and as she turned her face away, she spotted the key to the locked door wedged under the body of Thamel. She rushed to try to retrieve it, but her frail strength was not equal to the task of moving the giant corpse. I honestly believe if this were my first FM, I would have not become a monster kid, either because I was too freaked out or because my folks discovered it and banned FM from my life. Thankfully, the much milder FM 94 was my first that led to a life of monster kiddom. I am anxious to hear how famous monster 67 inspired Kaiju Queen and her life. I did find one friendly kaiju to calm the nerves after all the evil. A full-page photo of Baragon from Frankenstein Conquers the World in the You Ask For It section. Maybe that relieved Kaiju Queen's fear of being sacrificed on the Devil's Altar. That is all for this week's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We will have more next week. For MKR, this is Kenny saying adios. occurred to me that I didn't mention where the Mothman Festival is happening. Point Pleasant, the Riverfront Park Amphitheater. Where is that? Oh, that's in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Go check that out. <laughs> I'll make sure there's a link in the show. Of course, there's links to the show to everything that we talk about here on the show. If you want to learn more about Mark or you know what's going on with anybody else that comes onto the show or follow any of the links to 
pick up any material or merchandise or anything that we talk about. We've got Amazon links. I'm all over the place. It's just because I'm excited to get this episode out so that you can enjoy some. Let's see if I can zip through this real quick. MonsterKidRadio.net. That's where you're going to find everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio. Links to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, our Patreon, our Discord, our Twitter, our Reddit. It's all over there. Go check that out and join us. And links to our Twitch channel as well. I mentioned the Amazon affiliate links. If you're going to pick up anything that you've learned about here on the show, please consider using one of the Amazon affiliate links to get to Amazon to do your shopping. Uh, If I don't have a dedicated button to an item, just click on the Frankenstein's Monster Silhouette. That'll take you straight to Amazon, but you're still within the Monster Kid Radio affiliate umbrella. So anything shopping that you do, we still get a little bit of a kickback for doesn't cost you anything extra. It just makes it a little bit harder for Jeff Bezos to plan his next space mission because it takes a few pennies off the top and sends them to us instead of putting it into his pocket. And, you know, I appreciate it. I'm trying to think of anything else coming up here in the near future. Hey, you know what? We talked about that Monster of Piedras Blancas mask. Now, if you join me on Twitch, when I go live, you can see that mask behind me. So, you know, if you want to know what she's talking about, Check that out. But the person who made that, now I mentioned him a few times, but I don't think I mentioned his name. And you're going to hear his name because he's going to be on the show next week. Joe Schultz is coming on the show next week to talk about the movie Teenage Caveman. And you know what? Again, I don't want to spoil things too much, but I ended up enjoying that movie a lot more than I thought I would. Come back next week to hear all about that. What's happening after I have Joe on the show? I have no idea. Uh, I'm pretty much running out of recordings at that point, but I'll try to come up with something. Stay tuned to monsterkidradio.net to keep up to date with everything we've got going on. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up. I want to let you know and remind you that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license, of course. That doesn't apply to the song Dr. Defecto. That is copyright 2020, the 1911s. You can check them out at the 1911s.bandcamp.com. That's all spelled out, by the way. T-H-E-N-I-N-E-T and blah, 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 blah. The 1911s.bandcamp.com. Check them out. Check out Dr. Defecto as well as the other song on this release, Cooties, and let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. My name is Derek M. Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. Ciao. (laughs) 